0: Hi, and welcome to the Ready for Love series. I'm Iris Ben Ruby, your host, and today I'm really excited. I've got Tracy Malone. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, you're going to talk to us about something that's really important. You're talking about healing trauma before dating again. So, why is that important? How did you get to this topic? Well, basically, I was
1: in uh, uh, traumatic relationships, and um, I did not understand what trauma was and, and what I was going through. So I ended up having to do the work, as they say, and then now I coach people that are abused by narcissists and are going through trauma themselves.
0: Yeah, and so sometimes people in that kind of relationship aren't even realizing that they're going through trauma so what are some of the markers for women to say hey that's me or that was me in my last relationship well
1: there's 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 red flags if you would red flags of, of usually the speed of which the relationship starts um if it happens really really fast uh love at first sight doesn't necessarily work out all the time it can be a a sort of con job from somebody that was trying to abuse you so knowing that um having people listen to your boundaries having um a relationship that is built on trust once they start to do things that are not trustworthy and you call them on it and you're you know blamed for being some kind of letter word that either the B um, for calling them out on it, that's not good, right? You should be able to have discussions
0: about anything
1: with somebody that you're building a
0: relationship with. So basically somebody with who you don't have a voice and whatever you think gets put down.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, if you feel like you are not good enough, you can never do enough in the relationship, then it's probably an unbalanced relationship to start.
0: All right, so women who recognize themselves in this, what do you find is their journey to get from what they've been through to get to the other side? First of all, I'm going to ask you, it is possible to get into a healthy relationship once you've been through narcissistic abuse or any kind of trauma, is that correct?
1: Absolutely, as long as you take it slow and um, you have healed your wounds. That's, you know, really looking at them because it's, it's when we are abused, wounds are created sometimes we go into it with family history wounds other times we're wounded by the betrayal by the cheating by the lying and
0: we lose our trust in others as well as ourselves yeah and so and probably for good reason Probably, you know, we, we felt things, things were uncomfortable, and either we addressed them or they got, and they got shut down, or we bit our tongue, I'm guessing, because that's how you grew up in your family, or that's what you learned over the years in relationships, which probably started from your family. And so it makes sense that they would lose trust in themselves and in the world because of the type of partners that they've picked. Absolutely. So given that we're talking about ready for love and finding a healthy relationship, what do you, when you're working with these women, what do you coach them on? What do you suggest they do as a next step?
1: Well, again, it's it's identifying what those wounds are. So maybe they have abandonment issues. Maybe they have trust issues. Maybe they need to understand fear and what role it plays in their life. So looking at those things almost from a bird's eye view when when i i first talk to someone who has been through trauma i can see exactly where they are in the trauma wheel based on the emotions in the story so when they are further along the story is just a story when they're like looking down at it that there's no there's no anxiety involved when they're deep in the the thick of it so much anxiety, there's so much fear, there's so much sadness, they've got to heal those wounds and understand what got them there in the first place.
0: Yeah, and I love that you talked about it, that there is a way to deal what you've been through that doesn't have you get caught in this like sand pit, you know, this bottomless pit where you can't get out when you remove yourself to that bird's eye view that you can look down and have a look that there needs to be a healing at this level. But there's also another level from which you can start to create something different.
1: Absolutely. I always call it, you know, the next chapter, the new chapter in your book is what you want it to be. And if you want peace, then, you know, if you have someone that is not giving you peace and you've got stress and anxiety over will they show up when they're going to, will they ghost you, do they give you this silent treatment if you speak up and have an opinion, when you are in that place of even no matter how good someone looks on paper, if they, they cross your boundaries, if they you feel like you're not heard, to know that I'm not going to take this and to know you have the strength to walk away.
0: And that's an interesting point, because women often fall in love with someone's potential. So, you know, just because they look good on paper, what's your invitation to them when they say, oh, but you know, if we work this out, if I give them another chance, what would you say to that?" Well, we talk about their
1: history. <laughs> many, many survivors of narcissistic abuse have been to this rodeo more than once. Um, it is a pattern that repeats, and it's not necessarily, I don't want to blame the victim. I don't want to blame the person that is has been targeted by an abusive person. We have to keep that really clear. Just because you've had a lot of these relationships doesn't mean it's your fault. It means That you are giving out the clues to an abusive person that makes you a good target. So our story is such an important role as we learn to move forward. And and I have people craft stories of what they're going to say on the date. If, If they've got these things covered in their mind of what they're going to say... And the person is very pushing, you know, and they're just keep on, they're like, and you change the subject and go, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. It's boring. Let's move on. How are you? Tell me about you. And then they keep coming back and, and almost hounding you to get more information. That's not natural. Like it should be more flowing and it should be something that you feel safe in. So if they're pushing you, you have to understand that they don't deserve the whole story. That's the biggest mistake people make mm-hmm. is to, I call it story barfing and when you're in trauma and you've got this need for validation and you're not ready yet you go out there and you story barf and you're not going to believe what happened and there's all that emotion and the the other person on the other end if they're healthy they will say whoa this person's not healed yet and if they're not healthy you will see a different face you will see the most empathetic person that understands everything that you've been through. And that's a lie, right? They're sitting there trying to hook you with this compassion. Oh, they have so much compassion. They understood everything I was saying. But that story is attracting the narcissist. So crafting one that is very generic that you start out with. Eventually, when you get to know them and they've earned the right to hear it, then you can share more. But you don't have to spill your guts on the first date.
0: Beautiful, because I really like that you talked about how there's some level of responsibility for women that are out there and are attracting narcissists over and over. What is the part, not that I'm to blame for, but what can I change to make sure that I don't repeat it? So here's a great place where you're not repeating your I'm going to say poor me story, but not from a place of poor me. But really, this is what happened to me. Like a narcissist is going to go, yes, she's she's an easy target.
1: (laughs) A little, like I could reach it with my hand. It's a little green flag on my desk. Because when you're telling the narcissist that your ex cheated and you stayed because you're loyal and you believe in the marriage vows, they just sit there and go, green flag. I can cheat. Thank you. Yeah. you're giving away the clues
0: to what you've tolerated before yeah and, and what I like that you said is that if you give that information too early you don't know if you're with a narcissist or not so if he is a narcissist for him it's a green flag you haven't had the chance to determine and what you said earlier does he deserve the whole story have I created enough of a foundation a trust with him and so there is room for the whole story is what you're saying but you need to wait and, and that's almost a very good challenge
1: if you think about it, right? Like, again, if it's just the first date and you told them everything, and, and maybe they call, maybe they don't, but if you don't tell them everything, and they're giving you that space, they're honoring your boundary, that's a really good sign, right? If they're pushing you and insisting, and, and you feel pressure in any way to to spill more of your life, that's not a good
0: start. All right, so that's one of the mistakes that women who have been through narcissistic abuse are doing out there when they're dating. What's another common mistake that women make out there that maybe set them up for, for being a target?
1: Well, I, I would say, obviously, you've got to start with your story. You've got to craft what you're going to say. But I think some of the other mistakes they make are, are, are going out too soon, you know, as, as a band-aid and not doing the work because they're afraid to be alone. If they don't understand their fears... Um, say you're afraid of financially taking care of yourself. If you spill that in your story, someone will either step in to be the knight in shining armor and take care of you, which looks like a really good thing on paper, but the reality is, is that really going to happen or are they just feeding you a line to hook you and be your rescue of knight in shining armor, right? Knowing what your fears are and knowing what your triggers are are so important when you go into the dating scene. If you don't understand that your triggers are um, when someone gives you the silent treatment, but they do it to you and all of a sudden you're all freaked out and full of anxiety again, oh, wait, that's, that's because they're giving me the silent treatment. That's on my no list, <laughs> right? Um, you have to understand what your triggers are because when they hit them and in the dating scene, it's not the old stuff. You have to face it in this situation and go, okay, they're giving me the silent treatment. It's not my ex doing it but I don't like it, and this is what I'm not going to tolerate.
0: Beautiful. So I've got a couple of questions. I want to go back a little step before. So women who have been through this, who have been through trauma, and are questioning, when am I ready to, to date again? What's the marker that tells me I still have some healing work to do? Or I've had this history, and I'm ready to move forward? I think everybody's
1: um, mark, as you said, is, is different. There, there's going to be people that go out there too early. There's going to be people that honor the self care, the self love. And, and I think learning to be by yourself so that you're not dependent on having someone fill your happy hole. You know, it's like, hey, I don't care if I go out or not, I'm good. You know, that's a lot better place than I can't stand being alone. I need someone. So as soon as you can like monitor and, and sort of regulate your emotions. That's a, that's a marker. Like if you get rejected by somebody that you're texting a hundred times on an app, a dating app, and it hurts you, you feel rejected. You feel, Oh gosh, this isn't going to work. Back away. That's not time yet. Right. You have to be able to go with that rejection because that's a big part of the dating app. Lots of my friends are out there dating and they'll have conversations for weeks and weeks with somebody. Ah, Poof, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And, and, To someone who's not healed, that is another wound that they've got to deal with. And it may compound what they haven't healed yet. So put them back into the spiral and back under the covers if they're not ready.
0: All right. So for a woman that recognizes she's had a traumatic history, she's done her work, she's ready to start dating, she's crafted her story, she knows how to set boundaries. How does she she gauge if a man is trustable, so that she can share the whole story. What are some markers she's looking for? Well, I like to
1: uh, go by the Brene Brown braving um, platform of how to trust somebody, which is if someone doesn't honor your boundaries, right? If they're not reliable, if they're not, you know, full of integrity. I'm trying to guess them all—all um, <laughs> all the different things. But but like you have milestones of their dependability and their trustworthiness. I think a lot of people going out, at least in in my coaching world, are so afraid to trust again because they go out there thinking that they're going to go on that first coffee date or be texting for a few weeks before they actually meet them, and there's going to be this umbrella of trust. Automatically, we have to understand that trust is built in thousands of trustworthy moments. Prove it, not just once, not just 20 times, but Be there when you say you're going to be there. If you're going to be late, let me know. This is like common courtesy stuff. And yet abusers tend to, depending on how quickly they can recruit you into another abusive relationship, they tend to pull that stuff a lot faster each time because they've seen what you
0: tolerate. And that, that's so great for women going out there who are dating to look for what, what am I, I'm going to say exposed to. And when I address it, first of all, do I address it? But when I address it, what's his response?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have a really good one that I could, I can tell you guys that um, you know, when you are going out on that coffee date, let's just say, I'm um, meeting at Starbucks and you're going to sit down with this person and It's important if you set a boundary right there and say, you know, I only have an hour, so let's make it the best hour we can. When the hour comes up, you say, I've got to get going. It's been lovely meeting you. If they pressure you and say, come on, we're having so much fun. Just stay for one more drink. Just come on. It's just a little while longer. Right there, you have just been given the clue that they are not listening to your boundaries. And that's when you walk away and say, thank you very much. If they are not listening, you'll know it right there by testing them. And, and a time limit on the, on the conversation is a really good place to start.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. What's a test, but not, te- you know, like you're not putting them through a whole slew of tests, so it doesn't become so, you know, checklist. So- <laughs> How do we differentiate between testing men all the time, which is a bit of a setup for failure, versus making sure that they go through some of those tests to know that we're safe, that we're honored? How would you differentiate between those two? Well, I
1: think on on the testing with the example that I used, you would know right away. And that's not a, you know, not they're not going to know that, that that's a test. That's very opaque to them. If you're going, you didn't pass the test, well, then you're not ready to be in a dating situation, right? Um, if you can understand and, and be able to communicate safely with them on all levels, then it's a safe place to be. If you are caught in the trap of... Um, feeling like they're not heard and feeling that they're not honoring whatever your request is. You have to understand these are not tests, like again, a checklist. Oh, this, 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 but they do drop clues. And often, you know, we have, those of us who have been in this kind of relationship have a a, a bad story of our crazy ex. And so how do you tell the difference between your crazy ex and their crazy ex. If they, you say, oh, I had a terrible crazy ex and this coffee date guy goes, oh my gosh, so did I, right? If you could understand the difference between them and most people don't, they just, they they go, oh, they understand, awesome, right? The question and the difference is that you would have learned things. And so you turn that conversation around and say, that must've been so hard for you to have a crazy ex. What did you learn from all of that? And again, it's just conversational. It's it's a test. If they say, I learned that my ex is a blah, 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 they're not healed. They haven't done work or they're just trying to side with you because you had a crazy ex and make that relatable as something that connects the two of you.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that because it's so easy to get bonded and like, oh, he gets it. He's been through it as well. And yet most women want an evolved, mature man. So in your question, what did you learn from that? Your last relationship gives you a clue if he's still in blame. Or whether there's something he's willing to be responsible for himself, not that he's responsible for any of the craziness, but in his own responses and the kind of woman he chose, whatever it is, that he's willing to be self-reflective and not always be vomiting his stuff on someone else.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at, as we just described, what, what the criteria is for these women to go out and date again know your boundaries understand trust understand these things right those are things that we didn't know before we didn't know when we were in the base abusive relationship so at minimum this person should know i didn't know what a narcissist was i didn't know that people could be like this if it's just that knowledge that's a start of an answer if they are
0: raging at their ex and not healthy (laughs) all right so this is a great segue because i know you've got a great gift for our viewers. Sure. Thank you. Um, I have a red flag checklist. It has hundreds
1: of red flags for you to understand what to look for when you start to date again. It is it is so important because all abusers are not the same flavor. They all come in different, you know, overt, covert, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. If you don't see all of these different behaviors, your flavor had these abusive behaviors. What is ghosting? I didn't have that. What about gaslighting? Understand these terms, not just check them off. You can't check off that you're seeing gaslighting things unless you actually know what it is and know how to identify it. And and those are the keys. So the red flag checklist is going to help them identify if this person's trustworthy.
0: And beautiful. And especially if you've gotten caught in relationships like this and go, how did I get here? I'm going to suggest that probably they've missed some flags along the way. And your checklist will make it so much easier when you're out there again to go, oh, he's got this and this and this. I either need to address it or I need to move on.
1: Yeah, yeah. My, my girls in, in one of my support groups, when we were discussing this, like, a saturday ago and one of the girls said like wouldn't it be good if we had like a bingo board ooh bingo you're out and so i actually went home i went that night and i made a whole set of bingo boards with cheating and ghosting and silent treatment and like bingo you're out <laughs> i don't know what i'm going to do with it but it was fun to make it
0: i think that's great because then you actually have a visual of all the wrong kind of check marks that he has
1: exactly you know i can just picture that little bingo stamp that you know old ladies have
0: (laughs) (laughs) either the green or the red one (laughs) all right with that tracy i want to say thank you so much for the time that you've given us all this knowledge that you've shared and the difference you make in the world
1: thank you so much for having me i really
0: appreciate being
1: here to help people get
0: ready to love again